you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. The weather's so good outside, we thought about just moving the service outside in the parking lot today. You guys good with that? Amen. Well, I think this morning when I got up, it was like one degrees. So we're warming up. We're warming up. Thank you guys for being here. So glad to have you in the house of the Lord. What an amazing God we serve. Worthy of all of our praise and adoration. I want to reiterate something Pastor David just said. The blessings that can flow in your life from your generosity. The blessings that can flow in your life from your giving. These stories that he shared with you today are just a few of the stories that we have seen since people had committed in November to start being givers and tithers and being generous with their giving. And I'm telling you, when you do, God begins to bless you. So I encourage you to continue to pray and say, God, I want to be generous. I want to plant seeds, and I want to know that what I give is making a difference and it is changing lives. Amen? Two more things before I get into my sermon. One is you, you saw the announcements. The Watsu 2 Tribe uh, Children's Choir, you do not want to miss it. It's going to be amazing. Uh, guys, they're world-renowned. They travel all over the world uh, putting on these concerts, and we are blessed to be uh, one of the churches they're coming to. So we want you to make sure that you are here on the 25th to be a part of that. Do me a favor. Invite someone to come and to be with you in that service, and I promise you are going to leave so blessed by that time we have with them that night. And one last thing. Uh, on February the 9th and the 10th, we're having our marriage conference and um, listen, I know some of you couples, y'all need this, amen. Y'all need this. It's going to be fantastic. We got uh, Gina and Eric Boggs from Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, they, same thing as they travel all over the country uh, putting on these marriage conferences. Uh, they are phenomenal. You do not want to miss this. So if you have not signed up, do me a favor. Before you leave today, go sign up to be a part of the marriage conference coming February the 9th and the 10th. Couples, married couple, you do not want to miss this. I promise, I promise it's going to change your marriage. Amen. Amen. Well, the day before New Year's, I was at my mother's house. Every New Year's, we always have black-eyed peas. Does anybody do that? Was that a tradition in your family? Yes. We always had black-eyed peas. And I always understood it was for luck, although we as believers, we don't believe in luck. But I always knew what it was for. But I wanted to research it and learn more. So I began to get on the on the computer and went to Google. You know, if you don't know something, go to Google. and It'll tell you a lie or the truth, one or the other. So I went to Google and began to look up what black IPs mean and where it came from and the tradition of, the, of that for New Year's. As I did that, I, I stumbled across something talking about the watch night. Uh, these are something churches used to do on New Year's Eve. They would come together for a watch night. Now, I stumbled on something, not the first watch night, which was in 1740. John Wesley did a watch night at his church. Not that watch night. But there was a watch night in 1862. A very special night. 
And the way I found out about this was, as I was looking for black eyed peas, I, I pulled up a special dish called the Hopping John dish. I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of it. So I began to research and come to find out it started that night in 1862. See, the reason why that night was so special is that 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 night some freed and some slaved African Americans came that night for that service. Because at 12 p.m. on December 31st, In 1862, Abraham Lincoln was about to sign into effect the Emancipation Proclamation. It had been approved in July of that year. But at 12 o'clock that night, as they gathered in that church, they knew that when the clock struck midnight, they would be free. Free once and for all. No more bondage, no more slavery. That at that moment, when that clock struck 12 o'clock, they were free and their lives would change forever. As I read that story, I began to think to myself, as we begin to step into this new year, if we could do the same with anticipation, excitement, that this year we could finally be free no longer in bondage, no longer enslaved, but this year we could finally be free and step into 2024 doing what God has so desired us to do. It led me to a passage in Isaiah chapter 43, beginning verse 18, that I want to read to you today. It said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And God, I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. Lord, I pray today that not one, not one would leave this service the same way that they came, but knowing they've been touched and blessed by your word and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Here in Isaiah 43, in fact, in some of the chapters before, We begin to hear the author, the writer here, sharing that freedom can be and should be to the Israelites. They're in bondage to the Babylonians. They've been taken captive and they've been there for many years. They've lost hope. Will they ever find freedom? And in this chapter here, a little bit more special than the others, you begin to hear the author saying, freedom's coming. It's on its way. You've got to have hope. You've got to have anticipation. You've got to have expectation. As I begin to read this, three things begin to jump out at me that I want to share with you today when it comes to how to find freedom for you in your life in 2024. Not living in bondage, of not struggling anymore of how understanding that if you will walk with God and walk in God through his Holy Spirit, then you can begin to live a life of freedom like you've never known before. 
Here's number one. I want you to write this down. Your dwelling today determines your freedom tomorrow. Your dwelling today determines your freedom tomorrow. Now, I'm not so much referring to your geographical location. I'm more referring to your mind. Where is your mind today? Where has it been dwelling? Has it been captivated? Has it been captive by some things that should not have control over your mind? As we read here, this is what Isaiah 43 says. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. First, if you want freedom, if you want freedom in your life, you've got to forget about the past. Number one is this understanding you've got to forget about your sins of the past. If you've asking God to forgive you, if you've repented of your ways, if you've gone on your knees before God and say, I'm sorry for my sins, then I want you to hear me when I say this this, this morning. Your sins are in the past. The Bible says he takes your sins and throws them as far as from the east as from the west into the depths of the sea. Your sins are behind you. If you're feeling guilty, condemned, judged, that is not from God. The Bible says that, that he does not condemn us, that he is not the, the accuser of the brethren. That in other words, if you're struggling with your past and the mistakes you've made, you're believing the lie of the enemy that your sins have not been forgiven. See, many times the reason why we can't move forward is because we can't stop thinking about the past. Man, I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. Whoa, that was wrong. Oh, I committed a sin. I understand, but I also want you to understand this, that God can wash away your sins of the past and you don't have to live condemned by it anymore. Amen? Let it go. There's nothing you can do about it. You've asked God's forgiveness. His blood has washed it away. You're no longer condemned or being judged by God. In fact, God has forgotten your sins. He's put them behind you. The question is, can you move past them, get over them, and stop living in the past of your failures and your mistakes and your sins? But see, it's not just moving past your failures and your mistakes and your sins. See, sometimes we live in the past of what somebody's done to us. We've been victimized. We've been disappointed. Somebody's done us wrong, and we can't seem to, to get beyond that. There has to come a moment in your life, if you want to move forward, you've got to let go of what somebody has done to you, what someone has said to you, how someone has offended you, even if someone has victimized you. I'm not saying you've got to become best friends with them. I'm not saying you've got to hang out with them. I'm not saying that got to be your buddy, buddy, but what I am saying is there comes a moment in your life the way that you forget about the past is forgiving the past and forgiving those who have hurt you and mistreated you and maligned you and realize that I can't keep holding this grudge against this person. I've got to let it go once and for all. Listen, the only person being hurt by your offense is you. And see, one or two things have got to happen in your life. Either one, you need to go up to that individual and ask forgiveness, amen? Say, I'm sorry. 
I've been holding this against you for all of these years. And I'll be honest with you, I can't move forward until I get your forgiveness. And I can't move forward until I forgive you. And I just want you to know, or some of you, maybe it's someone, they've passed on. They're no longer, no longer alive, and you can't go to them and tell them, I forgive you. Then what you've got to do is decide in your, in your mind, decide in your heart that I'm going to let them go. It's over. I'm done. Letting the past grip me, letting the past confine me, letting the past decide whether I go. And see, many times, that's the reason why you keep repeating the same cycle over and over and over again in your life is because you keep living in the past and you can't get beyond it. For some of you, the reason you live in the past is maybe it was good. Things back then are better than things today. And you can't get beyond that success or, or how wonderful things was. Maybe it was a marriage and you're divorced now and you just can't seem to move on. Listen, there comes a moment that you need to realize, although that past may have been good, there's a better future in store. And I can't keep on saying it's unfair what happened to me. See, for some of you, your life hasn't turned out the way you thought. You thought by now you'd be the next Bon Jovi I'm telling my age, aren't I? I was trying to think of another name, but that tell, that's telling my age. I can't think of any newer names. What's his name? Post Malone? I should have stayed with Bon Jovi, I guess. See, for some of us, your life just hasn't turned out the way you thought. The problem is you're so bitter about it and so upset about it, you keep moving from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, trying to make your life better, when what you don't understand is if you would just let God, God will decide your future and God will take care of you. But you've got to trust him and have faith in him. See, if you want to have freedom in your life, then you've got to forgive and you've got to forget and you've got to move on to the future. Trust and believe that God is in store. For some of you, I just feel like I need to go back to this. For some of you, you're mad at people, you're upset at people. Let me tell you, I'm one of those people. I, I'd rather, you got a problem with me, just come and tell me. I can handle that. You know what I can't stand in life? Passive aggressiveness. You don't tell me you're mad, you don't tell me you're upset, but you don't talk to me. You walk by me like. I've studied the word through and through. Can I share something with you? I believe in God's grace. But the Bible says if you do not forgive those who sin against you, God cannot and will not forgive you. If you can't move beyond that hurt or that pain or what someone did to you, it's going to ruin your future. You're going to be in trouble. It's either one, go ask of their forgiveness or stop holding a grudge or stop being mad and let it go. Amen? Number two, your perception persuades your potential to freedom. Your perception persuades your potential to to freedom. Listen to what he says right here. See, I am doing a new thing. The first part is you need to realize this. See, are you looking to God for the plans of your life? Or are you looking to yourself? He said, see, I 
am doing a new thing. Not you. I am doing a new thing. And what, how, what you perceive and how you see things, if you're a negative Nancy, a negative Ned, a grumpy Gary, a complaining Carl. See, many times, if I turn to your neighbor and say, stop being negative. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop being offended. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop talking to me during service. Amen. See, first, we got to forget the past. Second, to get freedom, we got to change our perspective. You can choose to be negative about everything, see the bad in everything, keep waiting for the next shoe to drop. That is not freedom. As a believer in Christ Jesus, I'm going to look to the future with anticipation that if God is for me, then who could ever be against me? I'm going to look to the future knowing that God knows the plans that he has for me and it's of a hope and a future, and I'm going to trust that and have belief in that. Some of you got to stop. Listen, you got a negative perspective. you got a negative out view. That's not freedom. That's not freedom. Listen to what he says right here. He goes on to say this. Now it springs up. See, the reason why he wants you to see the new thing, because when it pops up, when it springs up in your life, God wants you to take a hold of it. See, I'm of the belief that God has a plan and a purpose for your life and for my life, good things that he wants to do in your future, blessings that he wants to give you. But I believe there are many of us that many times as God sends forth and springs up those blessings, those futures, those plans, that I believe many times we're focused on the wrong thing and we walk right past that blessing. You're so focused on the problem you don't see the purpose. You're so focused on the situation, you don't see the Savior. You're so consumed with all the, the complaining you can do in your life that you don't see Christ at work. It's time for 2024 to change your perspective. God, I'm going to look to the future and believe that good things are on the horizon. We were driving down the road today heading to church, and uh, I hate to tell you, I was texting I was texting some pastor friends and I was texting some staff and I was sitting there by that time, Laura goes, you, Laura, shot. She said, did you see that card? I said, I did. Why are you getting so upset? I saw it. I lied. I didn't see it. I wasn't paying attention. I was doing something else. I should have been driving and looking at the road. But I was looking at my phone doing something I shouldn't have been doing and then I lied about it. I said, honey, I saw it. I saw it. Don't, don't, don't judge me. You do it too. But because I was paying attention to something I shouldn't have been doing, I was about to miss, on some, miss out on something I should have been doing. And many times that's the way it is in our life. Isaiah is saying, do you, not, do you not perceive it? It is springing forth right in front of you, and you are missing it. Freedom is almost here. I'm about to make you free from the captivity of the Babylonians. I'm about to take you out of this bondage. Do you not see it? You're so consumed by being mad about being in bondage in the past that you don't perceive the freedom that's coming in the future. 
we have to learn as believers, as Christians, your perception matters. How you see things matters. Just because you see it a certain way doesn't mean it's right. If I had to ask you today, what do you see? Tell me what you see. Describe it to me. You'd probably say a, a blue case with, with three cameras on the front, and, da, da, and I'd say liar. Because I see a screen with stuff written on it. The problem is you're not wrong, I'm not wrong. It's just a different perspective. Yes, there may be some bad things in your life right now, but if you will change your perspective, maybe, just maybe, what is going on in your life is God's trying to teach you something. Maybe you're going through a financial problem right now. God's trying to teach you to be better with your money. Maybe God's not so much trying to teach you to be better with your money. He's trying to teach you how to trust him. See, if you want freedom in your life, you've got to change your perspective. It matters. Here's number three. Remember, there is always a way to your freedom. Remember, there is always a way to your freedom. He says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Isaiah is letting them know that I know all you see right now is bondage. All you can see is the Babylonians surrounding you. But I am telling you, you serve a God that can make a way where there seems to be no way. That in the middle of your tragedies, your circumstances, and your situations, there's always a way out. Freedom is just lying ahead. Can I tell you the saddest state for any believer? Hopelessness. Hopelessness. Can I tell you the greatest testimony you can ever do? Is in the middle of your bad situations, you come to work still happy and excited. Talking about your God and talking about your church. To the place that finally one day you have someone that goes, I don't understand it. I know what you're going through. I know the situation you're facing. How can you come every day with hope, excitement, not worried how. And you can answer by saying, because I trusted my God. I believe in my Lord. And I know that even this, this too shall pass. That I'm going to be all right. That I may be in the wilderness right now, but he's making a way. I may have to be fighting through the middle of the streams, but I know the bank is just ahead of me. See, when it comes to freedom, it's not just about forgetting about the past. It's not just changing your perspective. It's you coming to the place in your mind and your heart that you never lose hope no matter the situation. It's going to be all right. God's going to get me through. 
even when you can't see it in front of you. I shared with you guys that a while back we had left for Christmas Eve and we were heading home. And we got in the middle of a fog unlike I'd ever dealt with in my life. It's bad. But I just kept going forward slowly, but surely I knew I'd finally make it home. For some of you today, I want you to hear me when I say this, your freedom is just around the corner. Your life change is just about to happen. Your healing is about to spring forward. Your blessing is about to come. You're the restoration of your marriage. Watch out, it's coming. God will always make a way. God will always assure you of freedom if you'll trust Him. Will you stand with me? Can you do me a favor today as much as possible? I want everyone to come down to the altar. We may have some in the aisles, but, but do me a favor. Just come down. Make your way to the altar real quick. I want to close this service today in prayer. And I want to speak some freedom over your life. You know, the Bible says first the natural, then the spiritual. We many times try to flip-flop that, but something would happen the natural then acts the spiritual to take place in your life. It's called a, a step, movement. In other words, God has already done his part. Then we must do our part. Many times that's nothing more than asking. Many times that's nothing more than just getting out and doing it. See, sometimes we're always saying, well, when God does this and God is saying, what about you? You got to take a leap of faith. You got to step out. You got to trust. So I want to bring some freedom to your life before we leave today. For some of you, it's forgiveness. For quite a while now, you've held on to unforgiveness and bitterness. You're mad and you're upset. You feel like you were done wrong. You're disappointed. You've been disillusioned. You're mad. Somewhere you've told yourself it's righteous anger. You ain't got no righteous anger. Shut up. You're mad. And you can justify it all you want. I've read the word. I've studied the word. I can't get around it. If you do not forgive those who sin against you, God cannot forgive you. And believe you me, I've tried to get around that passage. I don't care what someone's done to you. It may be as bad as they have victimized you. I'm not saying you've got to come buddy-buddy with him or be friends with him. I am telling you you've got to forgive him. So I have a question. If you're here and you've got some unforgiveness and bitterness in your life, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. 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 Can you let it go? Because the only person being hurt by this unforgiveness is you. It's not them. 
It's you. And if you'll let it go, what God can do in your life. Lord, I pray for every hand that was raised. I pray today, Lord, that forgiveness would come over them right now. That they would choose to forgive that person that, is, that treated them bad, that hurt them, that harmed them, that, Lord, victimized them. The Lord, that, that person that, that let them down and disappointed them. I pray today, Lord, that they would forgive. Let them forgive right now in Jesus' name. I pray that the blood of Jesus Christ would wash away that sin of unforgiveness, bitterness, and anger, offense right now. Right now. I want you to look at me. This is what some of this means for some of you. You need to make a phone call today. You need to call that person and say, I'm sorry. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. They did me wrong. I, I understand. But you need to call them and say, I'm sorry that I've been upset with you because you did me wrong. Well, Pastor, how about if they don't ask for forgiveness for what they did wrong? It doesn't matter. It's not about them. It's about you. For some of you, you can't do that because that person that hurts you is dead. They're no longer alive. Then you need to find a quiet place and you need to say, I forgive them. It's over. They did me wrong. For somebody, maybe today you've been victimized. Someone treated you bad. What happened to you was unspeakable. But let me say this to you today. Although they may not deserve your forgiveness, God says they will get your forgiveness if you want him to forgive you. Amen. For some of you today, I want to pray for you to have freedom in the area of your of fear, worry, anxiety. Who struggles with fear, worry, and anxiety in here? Raise your hand. Yes. Listen, I'm not judging you. I think it's one of the greatest tools that the devil uses in our life. If I can make you afraid of something, I'll keep you from what God wants for your life. I want this broken off your life this year. Can I tell you actually what fear is? It's not trusting God. Because if you would trust God, you would not be afraid. If you would trust God, you would not be fearful. If you would trust God, you would understand that God's going to take care of you. God's got you. He's going to protect you. In fact, I believe not trusting God is the cause of most things in our life. Why do we go have affairs? We don't trust God in the way he said sex should be in our life. Why do we still, we don't trust God that he's going to take care of our finances? Why do I get angry at people? I don't trust that God can work things out if I do it according to God's work. Distrust is one of the greatest tools that the enemy will use in your life. So let me ask that again. If you're struggling with fear, worry, and anxiety, raise your hand. Okay. God, I pray for every hand that is raised. I ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you break off this fear, worry, anxiety, stress. God, it has no authority over them anymore. For 2024, they will no longer walk in the fear of the past, but Lord, they will walk in confidence and boldness, assurance that God is taking care of them, that God's going to work it out, that everything's going to be all right. Fear, anxiety, you have no authority over them anymore. Let me ask this. 
Who in here struggles with insecurities? Be honest. I do. About two years ago, I don't know what happened to me, but insecurity found its way in my life. I started becoming indecisive, afraid to make decisions. I don't know what happened. But listen, you're a child of the Most High God. You stop being afraid and worried. Stop living in insecurities. Can I tell you really what insecurity is? It's selfishness. You know why? It's all about you. What people say to you, how people view you. Oh, and listen, I know. I travel all around the country and I would go to meetings and, and, and I would struggle when I get to these meetings and, you know, kind of that old high school thing, where am I going to sit at? What if I go to a table and nobody talks to me? Really what I began to realize in my life was this. The enemy had told me I didn't belong at the table with these pastors and because of that I believed the lie. And I became insecure. You walk in the boldness of who God's called you to be. Stop being selfish. Stop worrying about how people view you or what people think about you. Because can I tell you something? The person that will pat you on the back one moment will stab me in the back the next moment. My son says it this way. Don't give people real estate in your mind. We were talking the other day and Son came up and he said, Dad, I just don't give him real estate in my mind. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I've learned in life I'm just not going to let people have real estate in my mind. Won't you do that? Stop worrying what people think. Stop worrying about how they see you. Stop worrying about how they think about your life or your success. Can I tell you, the, and, and i got to hurry, I know. Can I tell you how you judge your life successfully? One way, Obedience. Obedience. Lord, I pray for every hand that was raised. I pray that for 2024, Lord, you break off insecurities. Lord, let them stop making it about them, but about you. Let them stop worrying about how people see them and care more about how you see them. Let them stop worrying about what people talk about and say and, and how people view their success or their job or whatever they may do. God, let them stop worrying about that and stop worrying about how you see their deeds, their words, and their actions. I speak it right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Who needs a financial blessing in your life? Anybody? Anybody? Amen. Amen. If I can say something to you and I can pray it over your life, and I do, but at the end of the day, the only way financial blessings will flow in your life if you are obedient to God's word when it comes to giving. When I talk about generosity and giving, it's never about this church. It is always about you. We're called to be generous. You give sparingly, you receive sparingly. You give generously, you receive generously. That's what the Bible says. That's not a church thing, that's a word thing. If you want God to bless you financially, then you learn to be generous in your life. And God will bless you.
Now, I understand some of you right now are stressing. You've got bills that need to be paid, and you're worried about your finances. And, and I'm going to pray right now that God bless you. But let me say this. If God blesses you, and then you go right back and do the exact same thing again, don't keep asking for God's blessings if you're going to be blatantly wrong when it comes to obedience to God's commands. Does that make sense? I don't mean to step on your toes. Lord, I just pray for every man and woman here today, a financial blessing would flow in their life. The Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you would meet that need. I pray today, Lord, that they would become generous and givers, and that as they give and become generous givers, that God, you would bless them. Let me ask you this. Who's facing a, a new job situation? Anybody? Raise your hands. Amen. Amen. Lord, I pray for those about to start new jobs. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. I pray that they become the light of Christ in that new job. I pray that, Lord, they would, Lord, that others would see Christ in them and they would become a blessing. And I pray that, Lord, as they go into this new job and they work unto you, not unto man, that as they do, I pray that you would give them favor in the eyes of that boss, that, Lord, you would raise them quickly, financially, title. The Lord, let them be blessed, I pray. Who's struggling with indecisiveness here? You got to make a decision. You don't know what to do. Raise your hand. Lord, I pray that you break indecisiveness off their life. Give them the ability to make the decision, to seek and to search you, and to do your will. I pray it right now. Right now, God. Whatever decision they need to make, give them clear Precise, clear, precise direction, I pray. Can I say this? Somebody needs to hear this. Every decision you make, you're always doing the next new thing, trying to do something else and something else and something else, something else. Can I tell you? The reason why you seem to keep moving from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, you never decide based on God. You decide on how people see you. Stop doing that. Stop desiring the pats on the back. Does that make sense? I just want to be accepted. I just want people to like me. I just want people to see me and the qualities and the giftings that I had. And the problem is you're doing it for the wrong reason. God never designed you to do it for others. He designed you to do it for him. And when you do, then God will bless others through you. So for some of you, for 2024, would you do me a favor? Would you stop worrying about impressing others? Stop. Anybody have any loved ones that you need to come to know Jesus? Family members, friends around you that don't know Jesus. If you're not raising your hand, that means that you're not hanging around some lost people and you need to make some lost friends. Amen. Just telling you. Y'all know I have a heart for the lost. I want lost people saved. Can I say something to you? 
For 2024, this is what I speak over your life. And I'm about to let you guys go. Give me five more minutes and I'm out of here. Amen. She said 50. I'm I'm doing it then. Can I say this to you? Here I go. Quit waiting for someone else to come tell your friend about Jesus. You tell your friend about Jesus. And if you're too scared to cat to do that, then invite him to church. I don't want you to say this out loud, okay? I want you to do it in your mind. When's the last time you told someone about Jesus or invited him to church? Don't say it out loud. Because some of you right now should be embarrassed. When's the last time you invited someone to church or told someone about Jesus? If you can't tell them about Jesus, that's fine. Then bring them to church. I'll tell them about Jesus. There's an anointing on this church to reach lost people. New Year's Eve, we had 27 people come to know Christ. The next Sunday, we had 13 come to know Christ. There's an anointing in this house for people to come to know Jesus. So if you can't get them saved, you get them here and we'll get them saved. But if you at least can't buy them to church. So this is what I, can you, can you do me a favor for 2024? I want to set a goal with you. Here's the goal. That at least every month you bring one person with you to church. Every month you bring one person. That's simple. Bribe them. Invite them. Tell them you take them out to lunch. You tell them you'll clean their house, cut their grass. Amen. Tell them if they don't come to church with you, you're going to wait every morning at 9 o'clock on Sundays. You're going to ring their doorbell until they come with you. If that doesn't work, pop your trunk, push them in, shut the trunk, bring them to church. Now, that's also called kidnapping. But we'll do what we got to do to get them to church. Think about that for a second. Lord, she sounded like my grandbaby right there for a second. Sounded just like my grandbaby. Think about that for just one second. If every one of you did that, and if 12 people this year came to know Jesus because you invited them to church, oh, my God, what we could do to Wichita Falls. Lord, I pray that you anoint them to share the gospel to share their testimony, to tell their story. I pray, Lord, you put upon their heart to invite the church that for this year, Lord, we're going to make it our goal to win people to Jesus. And the Lord, as you do, I pray you'll bless us. Bless us. With every head bowed, every eye closed, here's my last question. Do you know Jesus? If you were to die today, do you know with all certainty that you're on your way to heaven? In 1 John, it said, it is written that you may know you have eternal life. With no one looking, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, say, Pastor, today my life is filled with sadness and sorrow. But today I want to give my life to the Savior. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is a son of the living God, died on a cross, you rose on the third day. And with your mouth confess him, Lord, if you're of your life and you shall be saved. That's it. I didn't tell you you had to become perfect. You couldn't have any mistakes. You just got to admit, believe, and confess. So if you're here today and you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Hallelujah. Is there anybody else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else? I've had three raise their hand today. Give God praise. I want all of you, not just the three that raise their hand, but all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud, say it proud, as three new names will be written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. 
I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.